Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Tonight is an interesting night because we're going to be talking about creative hacks, efficiency for outlying factors. And we talked about those outlying factor definitions yesterday. Yesterday. Not yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Last episode, we talked about the definition for outlying factors. And today, we are going to expand upon that. But before we do, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? So thanks to my amazing critique partners and their amazing and wonderful critiques, I have been working on revisions on every good thing for the past couple weeks. So that is where I am. I have gone through the big chunk revisions, right? Like those really big, big deal changes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm still feeling positive, (laughs) which is a very good thing. So what about you? What have you done? I did a few things that were pretty creative. I, uh, I've been planning some recruitment events for work for the next recruitment season, and that's been a lot of fun. We've been kind of re- looking at what we've done in the past and figuring out where we need to, what we need to keep and what we need to toss out and revamp. So um, we're adding a couple of new events, going to try some things out, and um, I think keep some of the, the most prized traditional events as well. And so did that, and then I also wrote up a small piece for our QWERTY newsletter, and it was my turn to write the note, and I was uh, not really sure exactly what I was going to work on, but then I had, like, this memory of something about the bo- uh, the body, like, reproducing itself every so often, and so you have, like, a new body every seven to ten years or something like that, <laughs> so... um so I found an article, I read up about it, and I, uh, I made a connection, a creative connection with that. And actually, it was pretty enlightening for me, too. So I was, I'm was, i glad I was able to do that, and it was my week for that, because it was something that pushed me to do something creative whenever um, my full-time job has been kind of taking a lot of my time lately. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. And I so enjoyed reading it. I loved that. Like I had never heard that before, that little sciencey tidbit. And I thought that the way that you tied that in with creativity was just wonderful. So I'm glad you shared it. Well, and if you guys are not uh, signed up for the newsletter, and if you want to read that little bit, please feel free to email us at QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com, and we'll just send that part to you, and then you can subscribe if you want to or not, but we'll, we'll send that little note, that note to you if you want it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get on with our topic, which is creative hacks. We're doing a series about creative hacks. Last episode, we defined or well, we did the QWERTY definition for productivity <laughs> and efficiency and outlying factors. And today we're going to focus specifically on the outlying factors. So outlying factors are really linked to one's mindset. 
and emotional and mental state. And so we thought that this would be a good place to start with the hacking mm-hmm. because yeah. where, where else is our foundation but in our mind, right? Right, exactly. So here's a reminder from our last episode about what an outlying factor is. An outlying factor is an ever-changing, often evolving, or unpredictable force that somehow affects our efficiency and therefore our productivity. Yeah, so while we can plan how to monitor our productivity and choose to analyze our efficiency, outlying factors are more like tornadoes. They have short warnings and potential catastrophic effects. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Outlying factors come in two forms, inner and outer. Inner factors are things that come from within. (laughs) I mean, I know that was like duh joy really but there you go these are the emotions the mental well-being the mindset things like insecurity um all of those kinds of things and so much more all right the Mm -hmm. outer factors come from you guessed it outside of us (laughs) often these are the people around us sometimes it can be the situations or settings basically they're things that are outside of our direct control although They can sometimes shift to inner factors. If, say, for example, this is a total example. My husband has never done this, so y'all don't think that I'm coming with something from my life, okay? Let's just say that your spouse makes fun of your story idea, and then you're down in the dumps for a few days, right? Like, that's what I mean by sometimes an outer factor can become that inner thing. Mm -hmm. So... To help detour or lessen the effects of outlying factors, we wanted to offer you guys a few hacks for this. Now, obviously, we're only covering a few examples because we could literally talk about outlying factors for the rest of season three if we wanted to. (laughs) But I don't think we do. And I don't think you want us to. Well, and everybody has different outlying factors as well. So we're going to be focusing on things that have plagued us in the past, but you're probably going to have something different. Uh, If you do have something different that you want to chat about, please feel free to email us. We can have a conversation that way. But today we're going to focus on on this stuff. (laughs) Hopefully it will help you too. So um, inner outlying factors and hacks. The first thing that we're going to talk about is this article that we read um, by James Clear. Actually, it wasn't an article. It was a YouTube video from London Real, and we'll put the link in there uh, for that. I apologize. It's not an article. (laughs) And, And I did put the link in our notes too, Joy, so hopefully it'll just be easy to pull over. Awesome. Thank you. Um, But James Clear suggests that we look at goals a different way and not the tangible kind of goals, for example, like I will write a book, but rather character goals like I am a writer. So we're kind of changing our mindset in that way. So what does a writer do? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that she writes, right? Then you can think of maybe how does a writer behave while she observes, she's introspective, she asks questions, she laughs at weird typos, like those kind of things. (laughs) And those things are fun to think about too, but those are kind of like surface level, right? So we need to go a little bit deeper because writers are more than that, right? 
Writers are self-motivated. They're perseverant. They're adaptable. And yes, even vulnerable to emotions like theirs and their own characters as well. So writers are empathetic and sensitive to their surroundings. And these characteristics all make an excellent creative. Like that's how we make what we make for productivity. Like that's our product. Um, but this can also have some unintended and unexpected consequences or outlying factors. <laughs> if we're not looking for them, they can be a bit detrimental, right? So James Clear uses this tactic for a mindset shift. Um, and I agree that that's a powerful tool. But I also think that this is a way for us to hack or lessen the effects of the outlying factors as well. Why? Because if we're honest about the way creating affects us, understanding the characteristics of the creatives we want to be can help us more clearly see the potential obstacles in our way and we can prepare for them. So here's an example. Say the story that you're working on is a fictionalized version of something that you went through. Knowing that you normally feel the same emotions as your characters experience when you write and knowing that adding on the real life emotions that brought you the story in the first place could cause you extra emotional stress. You may need to plan some like self recovery time after you write the dark night of the soul scene or something. Um, and you also might want to think about when you're planning that party at your house. Cause you probably don't want to do that on the same day. Okay. <laughs> That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you can save the writing of that dark night scene for another day and party on if you want to, or you can make some other adjustments. But the cool thing is, is that you know yourself, you know your creative self, and you know that you don't need to plan those things on the same day. Because if you do, then that outlying factor can affect you in a greater way than it, than it has to. Yeah. So that's one writing example. So here is a non-writing example, and maybe that will help some of our other creatives out there. Let's just say that you were commissioned to memorialize a tragic event. So do you have to like research stories of those who suffered and possibly died from this event? Um, you may know that this could spin you into a depressive state. So preemptively calling your best friend and telling her to be ready with some wine and some cheese and a listening ear, you know, <laughs> that could be a good thing. So you might not make it to the depths of despair and you could potentially have a friend night and just laugh all the way until morning. But if you do need a shoulder to cry on, it would be there and your recovery time would be less because you hacked it. I love that you shared these. And this is something that I think I have learned so much in this past year working on the books that I've been working on um, because I've had to learn to allow myself to take, you know, to be done when I've finished one of those scenes. And I have to remember that it's okay if I'm researching certain things that are heavy, that mm -hmm. I don't have to keep working in that particular thing. I can, that could be it for the day. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I've really learned in the past year. So thank you for sharing that.
you're welcome. And a lot of times in those kind of situations, I tend to isolate myself. And I know that that's the wrong thing to do. Like when I'm outside of that, um, that space, that mental space, I'm like, why do I do that all the time? And I isolate myself. So if you're in the good mental space where, and you know that there's potential that this others, this other mindset is coming in, it's potentially close while you're in the good space, you can be like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and schedule somebody to be there for me. And that's okay. Like asking for help is a good thing. Yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's another example that goes along with the inner. And that is if your emotions are pulling you under and they're reducing your productivity, you know, this happens a lot for us. Okay. You just, you have a day and your mind just isn't there. You're, you can't focus. You feel cloudy maybe, or maybe you just feel down. Like, you know what that feels like, right? Okay, so one of these kinds of things. Here is a creative hack for you. Set aside five to 15 minutes, okay? I know, you've got like just a few hours in your day, right? Potentially to work on your creative stuff. I get it, I really do. But take five or 10 minutes and either sit down and journal or doodle or voice record or whatever your thing is take those minutes to do whatever you need to do with your thoughts okay so ask yourself why are you feeling the way you are i mean first of all okay how are you feeling you know you kind of have to figure that out like for me there are some days where i'm just foggy i'm cloudy i'm not focused okay that's more of like a mental or maybe i haven't gotten enough sleep or something like that potentially um, or maybe I've been working myself too hard. You know, there are those kinds of things. But then there are also things where, like, I'm feeling down. Okay, so first you have to obviously make sure you know where you're falling on that spectrum um, or another place potentially. And then go from there to why you're feeling the way you are. So, for example, um, are you down and you can't see anything without a gray tinge to it? Okay, I've felt like this before where, like, I just know that I'm down and just everything just looks gray. It's just the craziest thing. Okay, so that's just a, a little example. Yours is probably going to be different from this. Um, then how have you been able to overcome this feeling before? Because nine times out of ten, whatever you're feeling is something that you've felt before. So how have you been able, able to overcome it before? So for me, if I either spend a few minutes doing one of a few things, it really helps me in this particular situation that I just spoke about. So I'm feeling down, everything seems to have a gray tinge. Okay, so what's helped in my past is either to spend moments in active gratitude. Okay, so sitting down, jotting down, okay, what are 10 things that I'm thankful for, for example, or something like that. Um, Another thing could be service to others. Okay, so maybe I take 30 minutes and I do something that I know one of my kids would really love for me to do with them. Okay, or maybe I know that my neighbor just had surgery and she can't get to the store. So maybe I say, hey, I was thinking about running to the store. Would you like anything? Something like that. Okay, or the third thing is that helps me and has helped me in the past in one of these situations is to just spend some time in prayer and Bible reading. Because um, each one of these things that I've mentioned for me 
helps me shift my focus from myself to others. And often part of my problem, part of my depression is because I'm focused on myself. And that's where it all kind of rests. So when I switch that focus, it readies me to put my better work out in the world. So kind of just identifying what exactly is going on with you and what has what has worked in the past to help you overcome that particular feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And when I've been trying to do that um, introspective look and identifying what's going on during, I call them my blah days. So <laughs> um, I kind of give myself an emotional survey. And if you do that, like right before your creative time, it kind of lets you know how it's going to go beforehand. So it, it kind of stifles off some of those negative emotions, like, like shame and like grief, things like that. So, um, the emotional survey that I have for I us so today, this. I'm so excited <laughs> as, as a, an outlying hack, um, begins with, how are you feeling today? So just, just like that. Um, so I have like a one to five mark. So physically, how are you feeling today? One to five, um, one being super poopy and five <laughs> being excellent. Um, so physically you want to rate yourself emotionally one to five and you want to rate yourself mentally one to five. And then you kind of want to do an overall assessment. So overall, I feel blank percentage my best. So if you are five on everything for physical, emotional, and mental, you're probably going to be 100%. Then you take the moment to kind of take a deep breath and understand that whatever that percentage is, is the percentage of how much you're going to be able to give your creative time. So if you're 20% your best, 20% of your goal is probably going to get done. So. Another good thing to do is to take a couple of minutes, like two to three minutes to free write about your answers. So maybe you can try to understand a little bit about what's going on with you physically, emotionally, and mentally. Uh, so this is not, this is to understand it, but it's also for recording. So we're doing some ana analysis with this information as well. So if you had a brilliant day with, um, in, in productivity and you were just really killing it and you look back and you're like, Oh, I had all fives that day. That's a, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me at my best. Um, you get to notice that. And then you can kind of look back and, and say, uh, if you didn't have a good day, maybe you could look back up and look at your two to three minute free write journal and then look at your emotional, mental and physical marks. And like, you know what, that was the day that I had that respiratory infection and no wonder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, um, and understanding that you, if you feel like 20% your best, you will likely be 20% productive and 20% efficient, but you gave it a hundred percent that day. Does that make sense? <laughs> because you only had 20% to give. <laughs> That's all you had. So you gave it all you had, right? I love that. So That's the best right, like a thousand. Yeah, I know. It, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So, you know, and kind of like for a little visual there, if you have plans to write a thousand words during this particular creative session and you wrote 200 words, so that's 20% of a thousand. And so you're right on track. You did exactly what you could do that day. 
Um, but if you're feeling like 100%, you go after it and you give the project everything that you have. And if you blow a thousand out of the water, then that that works because you're, you know, 100% feeling awesome. But here's the point. The point is no more excuses, right guys? We don't, we want to give ourselves a hundred percent during our creative session times of whatever percentage that you have that day, whether it's 10% or a hundred percent, and then you can adjust your schedule accordingly. What this does for me is whenever I have a bad day and I've, I've got a goal of a thousand words or something like that, and I only make 200, it lets me not feel so ashamed that I only got 200 words in that session or whatnot, but rather I've given a hundred percent of what I had to give that day. Yeah. And that, so that honestly, changes your mindset. <laughs> yes. I was about to say, this is almost like a double hack because mm -hmm. when you have this mindset and you understand this and you think about things in this way, it keeps you from falling into the trap of that, you know, that, that grief cycle or that, <clears throat> you know, feeling insecure about yourself or, man, I'm just not hitting the goals that I wanted to. And then that brings you down even more. And so you have even more inner factors that you're trying to overcome for the next session. So, yeah. Yeah. I said in the last episode that there is nothing that will kill your creative momentum like shame and guilt and jealousy and insecurity and yep. <laughs> like those feelings. There's nothing that will kill your creativity like those emotions will. And if you can get out in front of those uh, and before those things come up and you can kind of identify what triggers those emotions and pr help prevent that, we're not always going to be able to prevent it. But if we can prevent it some of the times, then we're going to be just more productive creatives overall. You're so right. Yes. I love that. So now, yeah. oh, oh yes. um, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't put this in. I didn't say this though. Um, this is kind of a revamped version of the five second journal by Mel Robbins, I believe, but there'll be a link to the five second journal in the show notes. And also the part of the, I feel 20%, but I, you know, I wrote 20% of my goals. So I gave it my all that day. That is something that I heard in an interview on 88 cups of tea when, um, the hosts interviewed Maggie Stiebotter. And so that link will be in the show notes as well. If you want to hear where all of this kind of, kind of, was the seed was planted and now it's all taken root. There you go. Yay. <laughs> and of course we love Maggie. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we're going to move from the inner. We're going to move to the outer, the outer outline factors and some hacks to go with them. So for me, outer factors most often lie with other people's schedules, needs, or expectations. Okay, that's kind of where most of mine come from. So here are some of the hacks that I have employed to help me. So I'm hoping that maybe one of these, if you don't have the exact same situation, maybe you can kind of think, oh, that's similar to, and tweak it for your own stuff. So for me, I had to find a calendar and planner system that works for me, plus a weekly marker board to keep my family informed. <laughs> So I had to, this took me a while to figure out. And basically what I have now is I have this whole system of a daily planner where I wrote, I write down all of the things to do. So it's like my to-do list as well. It's all of that stuff. Then I also have in the same place, just a couple of button clicks over, 
I have my monthly planner so I can see the bigger picture <clears throat> and I can kind of, you know, flip through there and see the next month and stuff like that. And then I have this tiny little marker board behind me and it's just the week. Um, that's all it is. So it's not very big, but that's where I can put me things. So for instance, if I know that we're recording on this Thursday night, I can put on their podcast record. So like my family knows, okay, during this time, she's actually, we can't go by her desk, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, also I will put on there, you know, if I have a webinar or something, if it's something where they need to not come into my desk area because it is smack dab in the middle of my living room, you know, like they'll know ahead of time, okay, during, for this one hour, I can't go over there. Okay. So that was just something that trial and error, I had to find the thing that worked for me. I need pencil and paper to be able to handle planners. I can't do a traditional digital type planner. It doesn't work for me. So <clears throat> those were just some of the things that I had to figure out. Communication, communication, communication. And I still am so not good at this. I really am not, guys. I know it's a weakness, though. And that's that in itself is a good thing that I know that it's a weakness. So once again, the board, right? Okay, so that's where all this kind of stuff goes. Um, I, I also have gotten better at just simply communicating the fact that, look, I have got to get this first draft written. Okay, so I had to do that. Um, I guess it's been a month ago uh, when both of my kids were doing camps. One of them was off, one of them was here, but I was able to drop her off for a few hours and I was able to just explain to my husband ahead of time, look, during these three days, I'm gonna stay there where she is. I'm gonna stay near her because I'm gonna go to the library while she's there and I'm gonna use those hours to work. So I'm not gonna come back to Slidell and we're not gonna do lunch dates, you know, if he happened to be off. Um, so it was just one of those things that I needed to communicate my expectations so that I wouldn't disappoint someone or I wouldn't have someone in my family feeling neglected or left out. That's just a recent example. <clears throat> so, um, you know, and another thing with communication is this isn't just family. Like I've got critique partners who I depend on and who they depend on me. And so I want to be better at communicating with them. So this is like me saying, all right, Hey, May and Kelsey, <laughs> I'll have one good thing ready for you guys to critique whenever you have time somewhere between August 22nd and October 27th. And you can ask them and they will tell you I have never, ever given them this much advance notice or a window like that. <laughs> I am getting better. I am improving slowly but surely and learning things, right? Okay. And then another thing is that sometimes I have to say no. And I know we've talked about this before on here, but I just feel like it should be or it should be said again because I know May and I have both said before, we tend to be people pleasers who just want to say, "Oh yeah, I can do that for you." And you know what? Sometimes we just can't. You know, I've experienced this a lot because I am a stay-at-home mom. Now, I also work from home and I homeschool my kids, so it's not like I'm sitting here eating bonbons. But, like, I think a lot of times people think, stay-at-home mom, oh, you could go and run these errands for me. And I'm like, uh, no, no, I can't really do that. So it, this is something that I have 
dealt with for years, honestly, but it's still, it's hard. It's hard to be like, no, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't critique your stuff. I have critique partners and, you know, they get my critiquing time, you know, things like that. And then one other thing is, and this is something, again, in the last year has really sunk in with me. Shifting a schedule or a deadline or two is not the end of the world. And as I've learned over the last year, it's actually sometimes something that works out for the better. <clears throat> I've learned not to cling too stubbornly to these things. And often by stepping back, taking a breath, and reevaluating, I visualize my calendar in a different way and it all ends up working out just fine. Sometimes I have just so stuck in my head, okay, this is how it has to be. But if I just take a moment to look over things, a lot of times it's not that big of a deal. But it's that mindset thing. It goes back to that inner thing again, where I have something that shifts all of my plans and it totally freaks me out. So inside I'm like, bah, right? <laughs> I'm just crazy. And then if I just take a few moments to breathe and to think back through it and look things over, most of the time it isn't that big of a deal. I mean, this is something that honestly, it's gone hand in hand with me learning to accept my ever-changing family schedule. My husband's job schedule is in constant flux. It just always has been. And I am very much a like, you know, I like my schedules. I've always been that way, but he's never had that kind of job right? It's not like that. And it used to really send me reeling. So over time, though, I've learned to just accept it. And I know that I can expect the unexpected. And that all I have to do is pivot. <laughs> That's my favorite meme. Yes. Um, yeah, and I've been living on that word all year this year. It's just been, it's just been, you know, there's not anything that has been predictable. So those are excellent, excellent suggestions and all of things that even if we've heard it before, we needed to be reminded. I know I did. And there is something else that could be a little bit helpful as far as like not being able to focus on your project or your, you know, what's going on creatively. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I'd like to, I think I'd like to share that now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sometimes if you have some things that you do that kind of lets your brain know, Oh, it's time to, it's time to create now. <laughs> so that that always ends up being a good thing because even if you don't feel like it, even if you're, you know, didn't get a, a lot of sleep the night before, or there's something that's kind of weighing on you, um, mentally, emotionally, that sort of thing. There are, you know, if you set yourself up a little bit of a habit on what you do before you decide to create, and then it can kind of wake your mind and your heart up and be like, oh, okay, now it's time to, to do this thing that I love. So it's a couple of suggestions or just some questions like, would you consider maybe practicing some deep breathing before you started your, your, your creative session? Um, do you pray or meditate? If so, like this is a good time to maybe connect those two things together. Maybe you need a little cat nap before you create. Um, that would be amazing. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you can do that, I'm a little jealous of you, but also, you know, you do you. 
Um, you could even like get the blood flowing a little bit with like a series of jumping jacks or a stretch routine or maybe like a two minute down dog or something like that. Just something that tells your brain this is something that you do before you before you create. So now is the time to get serious about creating dear dear brain. And um Oh, another another good habit too is like to pack your mobile office before. So if you go someplace to create, then you can just pack your bag and have all of the things that you need um, already ready for you. So here's the caveat with that though: um, you want to try to keep it to things that you have on your person or that are small that you could gather quickly. Uh, we're not always in a position to like set a complete physical scene. Like I have my cushy chair and I've got my L shaped desk and I need to burn some candles and I need to like, <laughs> we don't always have that, that kind of setup for us that we can work at every single time that we want to be creative. So, um, you can develop a practice or a routine that you can do anytime, anywhere, and that you can bring with you to your creative happy place, even if it's inside of your brain. So I think that that's, um, I think that's something that I'm going to work on this year too, because I'm, I'm finding that I'm having to be creative in a lot of other places other than where I like to be creative. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to be adaptable. Yeah. And that's so hard. It really is. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you just have these little things and if you can, like May said, like maybe if you have a few different scenarios for it because like for instance maybe you can't do a downward dog when you're at your um your library they might give you funny looks i mean you could do it i would be totally on board i would be like you go your girl librarian probably <laughs> like oh i know what that is yeah. maybe i should join her yeah <laughs> impromptu you know yoga session in the library <laughs> my library would be totally on board but i don't know about yours anyway <laughs> But, like, if if you can't do, like, an exact thing, or, like, with me, like, a lot of times I'll forget to uh, charge my AirPods, and then I won't have brought my, you know, the ones that you plug in. And I'm like, oh, so I can't listen to music, which totally frustrates me, because I'm one of these weird people who likes to, to write music, so... For me, that's a big thing, but I have to be able to sometimes do it without that. So making sure that you have maybe a couple of different things you can do um, in case something doesn't work out. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because I am a bit forgetful. I know. I'm so forgetful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, maybe if I just, like, use my appendages as part of my routine, then maybe because I can't lose these. You know, (laughs) At least you hope not, right? I know, right? They're attached to me. All right. So are we ready for a challenge? Yeah, I think the conversation has digressed enough. We can do a pretty challenge. <laughs> oh, we haven't digressed. <laughs> so what we would like for you to do this week and next week is to pick a hack. Any hack. Which one of these hacks resonates with you? And give them a shot to the next two weeks to see if it's something that you want to continue. So what if you hate it after a week? Guess what? You don't have to keep that one. You can you can move on to your next choice, and we won't we won't tell. Okay, <laughs> nor will we judge. Yeah. Uh, so, if that hack isn't your jam, just move on into something that might be your jam, and that would be cool. And let us know how it goes at qwertywritinglife at gmail dot com. Yeah.
And it could be that you take one of our hacks and you tweak it to fit whatever you need. And we'd love to hear that too. I mean, I would be very mm-hmm. interested to see how you guys hack our hacks. Yeah. Oh, I like how you said that. that <laughs> I was know. Good. That was the best. It just came to me. <laughs> so you guys have an amazing next couple of weeks. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.